Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a brilliant day so far. I am so excited to be introducing this week's incredible guest, Miss Dawn Breslin. So, oh, I just adore this human being so much. This conversation was so nourishing, so exciting, so much passion. Oh my gosh, it was oozing from top to bottom. Probably one of my favorite episodes I've recorded in a while. In an episode that I learned so much from. And, you know, so just to give you a little bit of background on Dawn, Dawn is a leading light in the field of coaching and personal transformation. She's a Hay House author, international keynote speaker, and the founder of the Harmonizing Emotional Wellbeing Coaching Academy, a new innovation in coaching which offers coaches, healers, therapists, and HR professionals a suite of tools designed to guide people into more nourishing, meaningful, and sustainable experiences of life and success. And Dawn is just such a light, my goodness. And one of the things I, I love most about this episode was just we went deep into Dawn's story about how her life derailed and how she experienced some of the deepest levels of of fear and really anxiety and burnout and how her life broke down into her breaking open. And I appreciate stories and teachings from people who have truly been through the shit who have lost it all and then somehow some way found a well of wisdom a well of love a love of a well of connection with something deeper and that's really what this episode was about this episode was about connecting with those parts of ourselves that aren't tied to the success that are tied to our emotions and that are tied to this feeling that we have in our being and how do we nourish that being how do we connect with that inner child how do we create a lifestyle where we're dancing with doing and being, where we're learning to rest and create, where we're learning to have it all and be it all inside of a world that doesn't want us to do that. And I just adored this conversation with Dawn. Uh, Not only is she extremely practiced in the field, but she has done so much work on herself and has really made it her life's calling to step into a greater level of leadership And the way she teaches, the concept she's teaching, and the stuff that we cover on this podcast was just so, ah, man, I'm just, I feel very nourished. I just got done recording the episode and I feel extremely inspired. And so, especially towards the end of the episode where we really get into certain aspects of inner child work that I hadn't considered. And, um, and I just really appreciated her perspective. So enjoy this episode. If you haven't already subscribe to us on iTunes, all that me or Spotify or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox, reach out to us on social media. Let us know if anything that you heard on this episode resonated and really sparked something beautiful for yourself. And 
no matter where you are in the world, no matter what you're working on, no matter how you are feeling, I hope you're taking a moment to stay grounded, to connect with yourself and that deeper well of wisdom that connects in your heart. And I'm just so grateful that we get to be on this ride together. So without further ado, here is the amazing Miss Dawn Wrestling. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a wonderful day so far. I'm so grateful to be here with you, Dawn. Welcome to the show. Hi, lovely, lovely, lovely to be here, Raj. Thanks for inviting me. I adore your energy and I, I just love your your smile and, and how enthusiastic you are about this conversation. We were talking a little bit prior to hitting the record button, but you mentioned a phrase that I think is really powerful and I'd love for you to maybe, maybe just start there. You mentioned the phrase, the beauty of failure. Can you unpack that phrase in your own heart and, and through your own lens of what it means to see that? Yeah. So for me, I experienced a huge tumble in 2012 where I lost my, well, I gave up my business. I finally decided to give up my career, which was one of the most painful things I've ever had to do in my life. I had a business that was failing. I was at that point in around £100,000 debt. I couldn't hold on any longer. It was just, it was costing me money. And what I didn't see at that time was the amount of energy it was costing me as well to hold on to something that perhaps, you know, in retrospect, I, I should have let go earlier. And also it was my purpose. I believe this was my sole purpose, my sole calling. and. You know, when you hook into that kind of idea and you are then, you know, kind of pushed up against a wall to to let go, not just for you, but, you know, for the people that you believe you're serving, that you're creating for. Yeah, it was it was tough. And I, at, at that point, I thought I was going to lose my house, lose my car, lose all the trappings of material wealth and just this incredible career. You know, I'd, I'd been walking red carpets in London at celeb events. You know, I was working in television. I was speaking as a Hay House author all over the world, Africa, in the States, in the UK. I was on every stage. Uh, I'd written books. I'd written books with major publications, co-authored books. I was doing my soul's work. And after creating an online business that that didn't work out it felt like a death it was it was the toughest experience of my life to let this go the letting go the eventual letting go wasn't the tough part it was the decision to let it go because what i didn't know in that moment was that i thought i was grappling with losing money and i was losing my home and all of those things. But actually what I was grappling with was the loss of identity and the loss of who I would be without this job, without this role, without this purpose, or without this house, without the car, without, you know, who would I be? Because I'd been so invested in this person that I had become. And I knew that the moment that I said yes to letting the business go, I was jumping into the abyss. 
And the abyss, the abyss was utterly terrifying. And because when I actually did pull the plug on it all, I had absolutely no energy and I couldn't work for three years. I had no energy. I had no money. I had no vision. I was a coach. I, you know, what was I going to do? And so it really was, you know, like jumping off the cliff into nothingness. And I'm a Capricorn and Capricorns do not do this. We plan, we organize, we strategically, we keep going, we keep going, we keep going, we keep going. And in this moment, I had to make the decision for my health, for my sanity, really for my health and for my sanity. I had to give it up. Question. Who did you become? Well, I jumped into the abyss and within two to three weeks, once I had, I had all my overheads covered and I had no more stress I had no more money money worries I just was I, I just I had the basics to live and two to three weeks after everything was closed down my paperwork was all closed off I was sitting in my garden and for the first time in my life I saw the flowers I live at the beach I could hear the waves I could see the sky and I could see the colours and the intensity of everything around me. And in that moment, I dropped into presence for the first time in my life, into the beauty and the wonder of the rhythm of life itself. And it was the most incredible experience. I'd never been here before. I'd never been in that place of presence where there was no stress, there was no anxiety, there was no future plan. There was in that moment of complete acceptance, I touched something so profound and it changed me forever. It has changed me and it never went away. And I dropped in that moment into surrender to let go, let God, the universe, you know, whatever we want to call it, whatever is right for us. I dropped into that place and I dropped into, you know, I was reading Taoism, I was reading poetry. For, for the first time in years, I was just in the flow of life and, and I was in this trusting space that whatever was going to happen with my life was going to happen and mm. I was allow it to happen. I had no energy. I had nothing to hold on to. I feel like I was done, actually, in retrospect, because what was born in that period, in that six years that followed, was a complete new direction and a very different Dom Breslin. What's beautiful about the breaking that I am finding is in the heartbreak, you are breaking open the heart. And in a lot of ways in society, our hearts are so closed. Our hearts are closed to feeling. Our hearts are closed and, and surrounded by the scar tissue of fear and, and the mind. It keeps it nice and shackled until we hit those breaking points, those points of, of egoic death, those points of surrender, forced surrender in a lot of ways. It could be with health. It could be with relationship. It could be with career. And all of it, it's this forced surrender. And when we fall into that, all that happens is it breaks you open to what's already there, the truth. 
And to me, in my life at least, the truth has always been the most potent medicine of all. It's the it's the truth of the moment. It's the truth of presence, that unconditional nature of life that isn't certain or uncertain. It is all of it. And it is our perception of what is in front of us. And when we can truly lean into that, it breaks us open to poetry. Poetry is the word. That was the big thing for me was there is poetry in abundance. The moment, the stress, once you break through the stress, like you're talking about these structures and it's anyone who's listening, it's like available to us right now. Is there right now? It's like in front of us right now. We can touch it. I had no idea how to get to it. Or, you know, you try to meditate your way to it or you try, we try so hard to get to it or we don't even know it's there. And I was just transported into it. Well, what's powerful is, I mean, I've had many experiences in my life where I have been broken open to feeling, which is ultimately what that that space is, right? It may not feel good all the time. I'll, I'll say that. Like, you know, there are moments where you get broken open and you're just raw and tender and you're not used to feeling that much life, but that's because we've been taught to crave certain feelings. We've been taught that certain feelings are bad. We have this, this mental construct around what's present and what's truth in the moment. And I think one of the, the, the things that I've, for me, when I feel disconnected, now I've realized that's the word because it's always there, right? This feeling, this feeling of presence, this feeling of, of love, this trust in the divine and the surrender and the dance is always there. We just forget, right? We go back into our minds. We get distracted by the world. We get thrown back into work and the idea of things and what we're supposed to do and da, 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 da. But really, if we just slow down and take a few deep breaths, if we just slow down and remember to look at how blue the sky is or, 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 or smell the flowers or to love your neighbor, it's just as easy to get back into that state of connection. Mm-hmm. What I find so fascinating was I was, gosh, I must have been around 44 at the time. I'd never felt it. You know, I'd sat, I'd sat on, you know, hills and mountains and looked out and been in awe and wonder and momentarily I I kind of glimpsed something, but this was an immersion. And because there was no job and there was no identity and there was no nothing to do, I just was in it for, you know, years, years. And it was such a gift because it's just created a whole new body of work. It's and and in me, forget the work, you know, it's like Within me, it's like poetry is in me. Well, your work is a product of you, right? Like you are the common denominator in your relationship, in your work, in your, the way you show up in the world, in, your, in everything. And so when you are operating from that level of connection, you're, this is it's so interesting. I was literally just having this conversation with a friend of mine about how, you know, when I really started dropping into my heart, all of the things that I created in my life that were from my mind just started withering away. Businesses started failing at a nine-year relationship end. I mean, you name it, like it was like everything in my life was just starting to crumble 
not even by my design almost. It was almost like just because of the way I was showing up and the way I was creating and the way that I was choosing to consciously engage with the universe and life. It's like the type of work that flowed through me was was more in purpose. And and it's almost like, and I, maybe I'd love to hear the second chapter of creation for you. Like when, when you're feeling that level of connection, it's almost like you're creating what the universe is creating. Like you're just the universe's paintbrush. Oh, you just are. <laughs> you just are. Let me tell you about it, because the creation process is really interesting. So all I had was this thought in my head was how many other human beings are burned out and exhausted and how do we get them back? Like how, how does someone recover from overwhelm, stress, burnout, you know, adrenal fatigue, you know, how, how do we get them back? And I was Googling all the time, trying to find coaches, people that could help with this stuff. And this was back in 2012 and there was nothing available. You know, coaches were just, a coach would have just tried to move me forward in some kind of way. And I knew that I actually needed to be still. I needed to be still and I needed to receive and I needed to fill up. Mm, the being um, versus the doing. Versus the doing. And, mm. and, and the coaches were, you know, they were constantly, if I spoke to anyone, they would, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And I knew I didn't need counseling. I just had no energy at all. You know, I'd gone to an acupuncturist and she looked at my tongue and she said, you have no energy. You have no energy, <laughs> you know, go home, sleep. Yeah. So I was just in this receiving mode. And the question was, how can we help humanity? And I got this thought in my head about nature. And the thought was, how does nature recover? How do flowers, plants, birds, animals, how, how do they recover when the storms come, when they get knocked off track, when they, you know, they lose their flow, they, they lose their connection? What, what, what happens when a tree breaks? You know, how, how does the, the tree, you know, if it's still, if the roots are still kind of connected, how does the tree that falls, how, how does it keep growing? And I, and I just got this inspiration. The first inspiration was just, a picture of a flower and it was a feeling in my body that oh the flower had the answer and I'm thinking what is going on here and I remember my partner at the time I remember saying to him it's all in the flower it's the <laughs> he's like what, he's like, what? <laughs> crazy flower lady <laughs> what? What? so I drew the flower and the thing is the feeling was in my body about the flower but I didn't have the words I didn't have anything it was yeah crazy Crazy flower woman. And then I then I started to get flip charts and I had I had an office, but I wasn't using the office because I wasn't working. And step by step, next thing was Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It was like draw this. And I'd run, I design training programs. That's what I do. I run personal development workshops, you know. You know, I've been teaching people to build their self-esteem, their self-confidence for years, bringing them back into purpose alignment that way. And there was just this information started to flow through me and the wall crazy flower lady turned into crazy wallpapering woman with, you know, flip charts all over the all over the office wall with this inspiration that was just flowing through me. Flowing. It was oh, gosh, it was so exciting. And I was I was like being inspired to go and read about physiology, to read about plant structures, um, living organisms. 
how did they maintain balance? You know, everything in nature, how did it, how did it stay in balance? And I'm just Googling and I'm reading books and biomimicry, looking at engineering systems. That, and the engineers are looking to nature for the answers. And I'm thinking, okay, what about our psychology? Surely, surely there's systems in nature that can help us with our psychology. And then it just all started to filter through me. You know, it was like step by step, I started to recognize that the human system, the rhythm of a human is, you know, is grow and then rest, repair, grow again. You know, every, the seasons operate in this rhythm. Mm. The, you know, yeah. yeah, the seasons of season, seasons of growth. It's like we grow and then we rest. And then everything, the sun coming up in the morning, the moon coming out at night, growth, rest, hormonal cycles in the female body, you know, energy up 50% of the month, energy down 50% of the month. And it was like, okay, so what we've got to do is if we're outputting, we've got to really input. We've got to really learn to, res- this was the big lesson. How do we teach human beings? And what I did is I was I was kept still with adrenal fatigue for three years. I lay on the forest floor and I ground I used to I used to lie in the woods, right? With a big in, in Scotland, so big barber jacket on, big hat, it'd be raining, whatever weather I was in the woods. And people's dogs, I used to hide, and then the dogs would come around sniffing around me, I'm like, go away. They don't know I'm here. I'm hiding. And I was so connected to the earth just receiving, receiving energy, getting it back. And in the end, the room was wallpapered. I wrote a system. I tested the system. I took the system out to people. People started to heal and energize. What's lovely about, I just want to really highlight the the phrase you mentioned, the season of growth, the seasons of growth, you know, because I've, what I've begun to realize is that whether you are consciously or unconscious about the act, you are always growing. We are always growing. Whether we're like we're consciously consuming more information or our subconscious is just pulling in information from a million different sources, we're always in this period of growth. And when we can lean into that, it makes sense. If we if we believe that we're always growing, then there is always a time for different aspects of growth, whether it's there, there's growth in the doing. Some people need to do more and to put themselves in that masculine and go out there and actually create. And then there are others who need the opposite. The best growth for them is sitting in stillness and receiving and allowing themselves to be nourished by nature, by poetry, by love, by patience, by the slow walk and dance with life. I'm recognizing both our growth. Right? Like we have this culture and society that looks at rest as not growth, as this is not what a growth minded person would do. Yes, a growth minded person may not because they are in their mind at all times, but a growth centered person that is operating from the holistic combination of the mind, the body, the spirit and the heart recognizes that each of these require a, a season of growth, a season of nurturing and they come in different forms and contexts and different avenues and different tools and different methodologies and different ways of engaging with life. I think it's so beautiful. When I love the creation story, I, I think that's really inspiring. And I love that for anybody listening like that, like creation can look that connected, right? Like, and I think it requires a daring level of trust. So I'm going to give you a massive high five right now for trusting that intuition and trusting 
that voice because, you know, for me, at least in my journey, it's been learning to trust the voice of intuition in my heart and that that one that doesn't really make sense versus the voice in my mind, the logical one, the one that's based in in what I know and what I've seen and what's out there. But the, the intuitive voice, it's so expansive. Sometimes it feels crazy and it, it takes a level of surrender and trust even in that process to just follow those trails and say, you know what, this is showing up for a reason. That person is piquing my interest for a reason. This this idea is really inspiring for a reason. And, and trusting that inspiration is actually the the medicine to follow. And a thing. It's like it can be a real thing. This is in the first part of my career, this is not how my work was created. This just felt it it was the most profound experience. I and I really believe. I believe that I was derailed to receive this. I think this is this is the biggest, most potent piece of work I've ever created. I've re- I, n- I used to never really quite feel successful when I was at the height of my career before. This time, I'm not doing. You know, I'm I'm not on TV yet. I'm not out there in the world like I was before. But what I'm doing is so profound now in people's lives. You know, it's. The, the transformations that people are going through because I'm helping them come into this rhythmic cycle. You know, whether, like you say, some people are maybe more doing focused and some people are more receiving focused. And then what I'm doing is I'm helping people really feel into their bodies and to under, really understand that to be really potent it's often a dance, a cyclical dance between this receiving and then doing and then receiving and doing and how to contain and maintain the human energy, psychic energy, emotional energy, the whole system so that we produce our best work and we are potent, whether it's for our clients, in our creation, our business and dropping the guilt that comes. So I do a lot of child work where I get people to really connect deeply to honor themselves so that when the body is exhausted, you wipe your diary. You let things, you just have to get into these practices to maintain the potency of the self energetically. And then that impacts confidence, resilience, all the other stuff. So it's it's this incredible energetic dance that takes courage to go in and out of these rhythms of action and then resting, action, resting. And I see it in my own life, you know, to stay potent, I have to keep the two really, really well balanced or I drop into shadow, burn out. I'm so curious about the role inner child work plays inside of going between the doing and the being. I practice a lot of inner child work myself. So I'm curious, you know, if you could share just what role that plays in, in, in keeping the balance. I can see because inner child work for me has always been about, you know, really connecting with that child and, and the parts of me that are screaming and for feeling, right. And really honoring that child and reparenting myself in beautiful ways. And I'm also starting to recognize that the child loves to play mm-hmm. and the child loves to create and the child loves to run and do and say yes. And so there's this doing aspect and the being aspect to the child. What we do is 
the first part of my program is is about making this profound connection with the inner child. And I guess learning to develop a voice to parent her or him and to give them what they need. So it's exactly as you're saying, you know, when we are really exhausted, when we're really tired, we might have the dominant voice, you know, the persecutor almost that comes in and says, you've got to keep going, you know, you've got a full diary, you've got to, you know, you know what you've got to do, you've got a target to achieve, you've set these um, goals for yourself, you know, you've got to keep going. And the inner child, the one that wants to be creative, the one that wants to be free, the one that wants to feel joy is going, I'm really, I'm really exhausted right now and I don't know if I can do this. And, and we've got to learn to develop a voice that says, okay, I hear you. I hear you and I'm going to really honour you because I've, I've, I've made this connection with you and I'm not going to ignore you anymore. When that little voice inside, you know, when your shoulders are so heavy, your back feels heavy, you feel like you're carrying, you know, a huge backpack through the desert and you're just trying to get through your day. When that happens to you, we're going to we're going to nourish you. We're not going to push you. We're not going to force you. We're going to be so kind. We're going to be so gentle to you. And I help my clients develop the inner dialogue to just here, you know, there are times where we need to push. There's times where it's a non-negotiable. If I've made a contract with someone to speak on a stage or to do something that's a big deal and I'm tired, there's times I've got to push through. But there's other times where I can clear my diary, where I can say, you know what, in this moment, or I'm not going to put anything else in there, or I'm going to go to bed at six o'clock because that's what my body, it's the part of you that's really struggling inside with what is going on. It's connecting. You know, we, we disconnect from our feelings. We numb. And when our feelings start to become enlivened, alive, then we need to learn to hear that and honour it. Yeah. So the connection with the inner child means that the energy work can be done because you've got self-honour in place. If you don't have self-honour in place, if you've not done that work, Sometimes it's so easy for the adult just to go, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, you can do it. And that can be punishing and it can be, it can be violent, Raj. It can be violent to the self. So this is stopping the inner violence. And I guess mothering, nurturing and mothering the self. Well, that's it, right? Like, because we are all of it. We are the mother. We are the father. We are the child. We are all the aspects of self. And I, and I really appreciate that we come back to connection. That's where we started, right? The disconnection versus the connection. When we are connected to our feelings and our emotional states and our energy, and we, with that energy, we want to, I like to, like, I like to refer to that energy as a child, Mm -hmm. right? Like when a child is excited yeah, let's fill up the calendar fully. Let's go all day. I can do six podcasts a day. It's no problem, right? Like I can just go, 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 go. And when that child is tired and cranky and sleepy and just wants to just not be, quote unquote, my best, I'm also being my best, right? And and I think that's when there's that self-love piece, the the opportunity to actually repattern the shame, and to reach, to change our relationship with judgment and shame and those lower frequency emotional states that 
that are really just stories because there's no, there's nothing like, I don't know who created the book that, Oh, feeling low or feeling sad is we have to shame that being angry is bad. Like all these labels that we put on our emotions, emotions are just energy in motion, just like thoughts are fleeting. Emotions are fleeting. And so at the core of it, it is repatterning our relationship with ourselves. And I think that practice is one of the not taught aspects of personal development. I think, you know, personal development, the industry has it wrong. I think the industry focuses too much on adding, adding beliefs, adding habits, adding do this, get this, have that instead of subtracting, which is let's remove the stories that stop you from trusting this aspect of you and the wisdom of why your inner child might be showing up in this way in the first place. And it's got, we've got to pay attention to this stuff, you know, because, you know, I sometimes have a screen full of clients and, you know, I listen to them initially when, when we start the work together, I just feel so deeply for them in the mindset that they're in because invariably they're exhausted, they're tired. I think as you know, I think what we've got to learn is we've got to let, we've got to work out what our capacity is. And then when we get to capacity, how do we manage our lives when we're at capacity? And, you know, the bubble bath or a yoga session and sometimes just even meditation is not enough. I think we don't know how to really deeply give, deeply, deeply receive. I think this is the new this is what I feel is like a new paradigm is we've got to learn to receive so deeply to rebalance, to bring back the inner child, to bring back the energy, to bring back the productivity, to bring back the intuitive connection. Mm. You know, that, you know, how do you get back into that in a really vibrant way? And a lot of the time it is about resting and receiving and culturally we're not primed for it. We're not, we're not, uh, and, and in personal development, you know, when I, in, in coaching, you know, when I was looking for it, I couldn't, I couldn't find the answer. At that point, mindfulness was coming in. So it was, there was a bit of mindfulness, but the, the type of re-energizing work that I, I do with my clients, it's like, sometimes it is about wiping. How do you wipe time? And the guilt and the shame that goes with taking back time for ourselves is, it's just the norm. It's well, the norm. People don't you know, want to do. Mindfulness is one aspect of the experience, right? Because the mind is one aspect of the human experience, but so are the emotions. And that's why I loved, you know, your focus on emotional well-being. Like when we really actually come into it, when we start to actually look at the emotion, and I've been realizing this more and more and more for me, at least like when I have a feeling there's a split second of mindfulness, of awareness that gets to happen between the feeling itself and the label that I give the feeling. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where I'm seeing this immersion now where we're going from mindfulness, which is being aware of thoughts, to now this cycle of awareness, which is let's become aware of the feeling. But that's just the first step, right? Because being aware of the feeling is one step. Allowing the feeling is a whole nother set of practices, right? Embodying the feeling is the next, I mean, wave, that's version three, let's call it, right? Like 
And so there's all these layers to actually getting into that energizing state of truly working with our emotions so that they can be just in alignment with that season of life, right? Because I love the, you mentioned, you're such a, you're so passionate. I actually love your passion so much. Like I'm, I'm so grateful to be experiencing even the energy that you're pouring into the way you say the word give, mm-hmm. right? Because I actually really, truly feel like when, like I used to feel this all the time, like I used to feel so burned out with my relationships, like I would feel like some people were burdens or like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't, like, I have to do this, go to that social outing. I have to do this for this or that reason. And, and, and I realize now in hindsight, it's because I wasn't actually giving myself boundaries. I wasn't protecting my energy. I wasn't giving myself the space and the permission to actually feel what I wanted to feel without shame and judgment. But when I allowed that now, the relationships that I choose to be in, they get all of me. Like my parents, when I'm with them, they get every moment of me with gratitude. And that's the biggest gift we can give the world. There's this half-assed give that I think we've been trained to give, right? It's like, oh, let's just commit and have the obligation and just go and do the thing. And then there's a full fuck yes give, Mm -hmm. which is like, I'm going to go all in on just giving my full self to this moment, to this person, to this project, to this opportunity, to myself. And I think that's what you're teaching and that's what you're embodying. Like, I feel it. I feel it in the way you express yourself and it's freaking beautiful. I so appreciate the, it's 7 a.m. where I am and I'm wide awake right now. I'm not just not sleepy. I am not just wide awake. I am flying right now, Dawn, just on on your energy. Yeah, let's let's just unpack a little bit more of what you said there because I think what's really important for anyone who's listening is you use the word, I didn't boundary or protect myself. And this is one of the first things, again, when I do the inner child work at the beginning of my process, it's about, you know, learning to protect ourselves. You know, and I often talk about us being like these kind of seeds of spirit, you know, and, and or these little bodies of creation coming into the world. and. That potency of who you are cannot be shared. You know, for you to really give to your parents, to give to, you know, a partner, to give to people around you. If you have every bit of energy draining out of your body through, you know, whatever it is, your thoughts or your actions, your behaviors, whatever. If you're draining and you're not protecting yourself, you're not boundaried, you don't have it to give. So we've got to... Again, it's prioritizing and honoring the self. You know, if the relationship's just all about give, 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 and you're absolutely empty, then you've got it. We've got to look at that because we've, I, I, it's just this deep honor for the self. We've got to develop this deep honor for the self because, you know, because you deserve that, because you are worthy, because. You know, you you deserve to be a whole human being. You deserve this so much, even if you've forgotten it. It's like you deserve it. So we've got to learn to manage that and and protect ourselves so that we are giving to the self and then we overflow, boom, out into the world. But we know, again, it's going into the body and listening to our feelings and trusting 
when things aren't good for us, when things are draining us, when things are taking from us, when, you know, we know someone's constantly texting us, constantly calling us, constantly coming in with negative stories, taking away all our energy. We've got, we've got to have enough self-honor to say, okay, we're going to have a conversation about this, or we need to create some distance or, you know, whatever it is we need to do. But it's back to that base level again of you're so deserving of the fullness of your life to experience it, to, to share your life with the world. You, and I, I work a lot at the moment with coaches. I'm going to be working a lot with the, the general public in the next few months and stuff, but with coaches and the work that they're doing, you know, when they're sharing their energy with others all the time, listening to others all the time, they've got to be full. They've got to be potent. So it begins with that relationship with the self and it's a deep, loving, connected relationship. With I yourself. really appreciate the word honor and how you use it, right? Like I, I, my word has always been devoted. Like I'm so devoted to the practice because I think honor and devotion and the idea of protection, to me, that is our inner masculine, right? For men and women, both. Yeah. Like we all have a masculine protector inside of us the role of that and that is to and, and I love the connection I'm making right now and you've, you've inspired this for me is this our inner masculine protects the inner child mm-hmm. because when the inner child is is alive get out of the way I mean yeah. like yeah. that child is going to explode with joy and passion and play and inspiration and connection and creativity and all these things but there has to be protection. You have to learn to say no. And you have to have the courage to say no. You have the courage to stand up for yourself, the courage to choose yourself, the courage to to remember your power, to find the strength in rest. I mean, this, this takes courage. And that courage comes from you choosing and allowing that protector, that inner protector to actually be the protector. And I think I would love to maybe even get your perspectives on safety. What role do you think safety plays inside of this emotional well-being journey of like really truly learning to connect with that inner child? And 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 I would love to just hear your thoughts on on that idea. It is it's quite interesting because safety and protection and and the self and you're talking about the inner masculine, the inner protector. I probably come from a slightly different place because. I come from the place of the loving mother with her strong, potent energy and loving lo- rather than protecting. It is about protection, but it's it's loving her, her or him so much, that inner child so much that you are you become fierce. You know, you you become fierce in your protection. I love that. Thank you for that self. perspective. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And it's a really loving energy. It's like this is. I'm going to love you to life. I'm going to love you into life. So when it comes to safety, it's again developing, and I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what context, but in the context I'm thinking about of keeping the, the human, the, the individual, the male, the female, keeping them safe. Again, it is just about developing that fierce inner dialogue where you commit wholeheartedly to yourself, to your life, you know, and, and sometimes it's to your, sometimes it can be about, it, it's your spiritual mission. It's like, I am 
sometimes when people really struggle with the connection to themselves, you know, if I have helped them understand that there is spirit being here expressing their creative energy on this planet, and that planet is essential for us, you know, in this big tapestry, this they are essential, they are needed. Do it for the spiritual aspect of yourself if you can't do it for yourself. So, yeah, I would just say it's it's just fierce love. So maybe it may, I don't know if I'm answering your question mm-hmm. around. Um, what I'm just again appreciating is the, there's an aspect of whether we want to call it protection, fierce love of, of space that's allowed around the child that comes through the devotion, the devotion to love. And I think that's something I'm really learning to appreciate in like self-love. There's this dance, right? It's the, I am enough and I can be better. Like both of it is self-love, right? So there's that dance right there. And in the fierce embodiment of boundaries in the, in the fierce protection of, Hey, I need my space or in any of those expressions, whatever expression it comes out, at the core of it is a deep, deep, deep sense of reverence for what the child is saying, right? Like it's, it's the opposite. It's not that we're looking to parents for guidance. It's no, the parents are paying attention to what the, ch- the child is the boss. Listen to the need of the child. Listen right. to your inner need. The child is the boss. And when we can treat ourselves like someone we love, which is what you are describing in the most beautiful way, we are treating that child as if it's the child we love most. And we don't tell a child, we are listening to the child. And I think the wisdom of the inner child is, is actually the wisdom of the soul, <laughs> the very core of it, right? Like it's like, the, it's, that is the wisdom that, that, sh- that guides all things. And I think that's what I'm, at least that's what I'm receiving from what you're sharing and the perspective that you're sharing it, that there's a deep wisdom to the child However, we want to protect it, honor it, devote to it. It doesn't matter. The word is at this point, it's whatever resonates, but at the core of it, it's that peace. It is. And it's just love it, love it and give it everything it needs. If it needs space, let it have space. If it wants to be creative, allow it to be creative. If it wants to grow, allow it to fail, allow it to fail. Say it's okay. We're going to try this. And if you fail, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to love you into success. I'm going to love you to step up. If it just doesn't work out in the same way that the day you got on your bicycle for the first time and you fell off, it's okay. We're going to do this. We're going to learn. We're going to adapt. And then we're going to go again because there's going to be no criticism. We're not going to judge you. It's loving yourself into the fullness of your potential every step of the way and loving life, allowing her, him to just be free and experiment and to play and engage with this life. Go out, trial, test, play. And whatever happens, I'm just going to hold you. We're going to learn and I'm going to hold you every step of the way. Imagine if we'd been trained like this as children. Imagine. There's so much training to be done as adults. There's so much training in ourselves. We are these sparks of life, of creativity, of wonder, you know, with gifts to share in the world. We have them and we are bound 
We're so bound by conditioning, but that's okay. It's all part of our evolution, and I'm off on my soapbox. <laughs> I just, I just love myself. you so much. I, I I love you so. You're so great. You're you're just. I I I, <laughs> I just appreciate. No, I as someone who is extremely passionate myself, I I, I very much appreciate just how much you care, and I think. You just care. You just care so big. And I see you and I am so grateful for just how much you've poured into this conversation and how much you've taught me in this conversation and how much I've learned from you around just how fiercely we get to love ourselves. Like That fierce love for ourselves is one of the most potent medicines there is, you know, there's all the different tools out there, the plant medicines, the the therapies, the coaching programs, all that. But the most powerful medicine of all is how fiercely you get to love yourself. And that is a choice that you get to make in every moment. That's not anything that you have to work for. It is, it is a choice. And I just appreciate that. I appreciate you so much for just reminding me of that and for reminding all of us about that, just the potential we have just to love. And ah, gosh, Don, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> it's so great. Um, oh, I know, I feel the same way. It's like, oh my gosh, sitting opposite you on over a table. And, you know, uh, if I was there, we were there and we were, our tea, we would just talk for hours and hours. It's, it's so great. And I love your insights I love where you're coming from I love your learnings you know I can feel them and 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 the depth of your wisdom your knowledge you know and just sharing different perspectives how exciting and you know how much of a co-creation it can be you know Mm -hmm. when we're just oscillating back and forward yeah it's exciting we are in the dance um Don if Anyone listening wanted to reach out, learn more about any of the work or programs or anything that you offer, how would be the best way to do that? So there's, there are a couple of different ways. Um, I have a Facebook group which kind of operates behind the scenes. So you can find me on Facebook. My, you can find me at Don Breslin. My company name is Harmonizing by Don Breslin. There's my website where you can sign up to my newsletters and you'll find out about the groups. You'll find out about free webinars, really accessible workshops, coaching programs that I offer. You can get all of that at dombreslin.com. And like I say, in the new year, you know, anyone who's listening that just resonates. I'm, I'm writing a program, a big inner child program, kind of inner child, inner persecutor, you know, the, all the different aspects that play out within the self. I'm writing a program on that because I think what's really interesting, Raj, and this is credit to you, is that so often in these interviews, I do talk about burnout and I talk about the recovery and the beauty of nature and healing through nature and stuff. And you've nailed something that I've been teaching for years, which is mm. inner child work. And we've kind of come round onto it. And And I've realized just recently in the work that I do, the most potent thing that I'm doing in my programs is this connection. So I'm I'm creating an even deeper connection with the inner child through work that I'm that I'm actually writing at the minute. So it's been lovely to dance with the concepts with you. 
because mm. I'm in the middle of writing all this stuff right now. I, I love it. Well, I, like I said, I, I adore the passion and I'm so grateful for the energy. And I, I, I learned a lot. It's just, like I said, it's just the reminder, the reminder to be fierce in love. You know, there's a fierceness to the love of a mother and there's a sternness to the love of a father. And both are, are, are almost hand in hand when it comes to protecting the child, like, or being there, being there, not protect, being there for the child. And I think that that's, that's just, it's such a potent reminder. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you just sparked that for me as well. So um, I got one last question for you, Dawn. Uh, In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you're going and everywhere you've been, how do you stay grounded? Uh, I go to the woods. Mm. That's my way. I spend a lot of time, like hours in nature. And if I go slightly off center, I go and I sit by a big old tree. And I've got this kind of place in the woods where no one else goes. I, I, I kind of go off on this track and I just sit there until I really come back completely. And I come back to this gorgeous, euphoric, joyous level. And it's nature just, nature just brings me there. That's my big one. And I learned that through that process of going under the soil and learning about nature and learning how it holds us. I was embraced by her and she holds me in such a profound way. So yeah, I've learned that. That's, that was a new one for me. So she's my meditation. She's my medicine. She's my everything, you know, just this place, contemplation, stillness, eyes wide open, sitting on a wall or on a, at the foot of a tree with the sound of the river in the background. It's like, yeah, back in, back connected, fundamentally back to the self. Oh, you're so great. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to you talk. I just like, I just like, whenever you talk, I'm literally like, you guys can't, because obviously you guys, this is not a, a video podcast, but anyone listening, like I'm literally closing my eyes as like Dawn speaks, because it's just so, yeah, I just, I, I, I love it. And thank you, Dawn, again, for being here and for gracing us with your wisdom and your love. Um, but everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj, and this is your new friend, Dawn. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.